Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lockadisco Liberal Cubicalist. Yes, indeed. Today, my friends, is TV Tuesday, and a very, very special TV Tuesday it is. Or tis, if you prefer. Combining the two words, that's fun. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I cannot readily think of an example of an episode where spoiler warning is more warranted than this. So please, please, I beg of you, have no regard for the amount of heed I have. Take all the heed you need with regards hmm, to this spoiler warning, because the missus and I... Mm-hmm, are going to spoil the bejesus out of this television program. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. Probably the longest spoiler warning I've ever given, but the most important, most important, longest. It's a logical kind of, uh, you know, sense-making thing there. Bye. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million pounds of blue meth. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, because that is what helps podcasts grow and grow larger. You can somehow, some way, according to the English language, grow smaller. doesn't make sense, but that's English. But that is not what we here in the Liberal Cube want. We want to grow larger. You feel me? Yeah. Feel me. Okay, uh, I think that will take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is Heisenberg brand methylamite pies. Once again, today's sponsor is Heisenberg brand methylamite pies. Delicious. Okay, uh, if you haven't guessed, which you probably have because you are a smart cookie and I love you, this uh, recording that is happening right now, these words that you are currently listening to, is just the show opening. Yeah, just the tip, if you will. And I hope you will. I figured uh, rather than record the opening with the Mrs. Present to get in my way, uh, I would get it out of the way, and then uh, that way she wouldn't have to, you know, sit there, and we could just hop right into our chat, which uh, I have very, very little in the way of plans. Uh, All the sort of form I know it's going to take is we're going to talk of Breaking Bad. Uh, That's kind of the only rule, uh, like Fight Club, It's only one rule. What? No, first rule. Oh, boy. I think, having screwed that up pretty largely, largely, uh, we should just stop. Eh, Just period. 
and hop in to Talking Breaking Bad with the Misses. So, what you're going to hear is a transitioning sound to indicate that, uh, you know, a transition happened. Maybe I'll uh, work in a little Breaking Bad transition, special edition. Special edition Breaking Bad transition, we'll call it. Oh boy. Transition. Is that door closed? Yep. Gonna, people are gonna hear laundry. We'll go turn it off when it's back on. This is not breaking laundry. I already did the opening. Okay. So Congratulations, do you want a medal? Hmm. How do you want to do this? Is this already on? Yeah. Turn it off. No. Because this is how podcasts are done. You, I start it because I'm the host, and then I don't tell you, and then we just start talking. Hmm. It's the uh, Chris Hardwick, Pete Holmes show opening special. Okay. okay, so why don't we just start off the bat, very unprofessional as I do, and give our ratings of Breaking Bad, the show as a whole, on a scale of five. Four. And I obviously go five out of five. Friggin' amazing. So, just to put that into perspective, you find the movie Rush Hour better than the television show Breaking Bad. Correct. Okay, say some things. I want to see how how talkative or how loud. Say some things, say some things, say, say, say. Yeah, it looks all kind of even, right? Yeah. Like, as long as it's... Alright, so, what I thought would maybe get our brains going is this little sheet here that I printed off of just the brief outline of each season. Okay. Season... Uh, un. Un, as they say in Quebec. Uh, it originally intended to be nine episodes, but I remember there was that actor strike. Oh, yes. Way back when. That's when this was, so it was only less. Seven episodes. Mm. A struggling high school chemistry teacher Walter White, played by Brian Cranston, is diagnosed with inoperable advanced lung cancer. Do you remember? Well we, well, we know that's not true. Well, it was inoperable advanced lung cancer. How is that? Because he had an operation. Yeah. No, did you just have chemo? No, remember all the shower scenes? He had like a huge scar. Okay, well. Perhaps at this point I should mention that we started this show how long ago, if you um, had to guess? Yeah, probably four months ago? No, three months ago, probably? We did, we do it, we did do it a lot quicker we than did. we have done, Definitely. say, Dexter or Rescue Me. Remember my joke for, if this was Breaking Bad Canada, it would be, oh, here's your free healthcare show yeah. over. Here's your free healthcare. I don't think I came up with that joke. I think I saw it somewhere. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Better to be honest. Uh, so he somehow, some way, gets the idea that selling meth will help him pay his medical bills, medical Not hundreds bills. of thousands of dollars in medical bills. And the reason this came about, because I don't know if you don't remember, but um, I might not. His brother-in-law is a DEA agent, played by Dean Norris. And one day at uh, their house, they were having—I uh, think it was actually a fiftieth birthday party for Walt. Yeah. 
And his brother-in-law was like, oh, you're so, you're pretty lame, like just a teacher, you don't have much going on. You're a lame duck. And then he says, you should come out on a raid with me one time. Right see, along. Right along with yeah. And see how we take down these meth addicts. And then when they went on the ride along, uh, they caught all these guys. And then he was, Brian Cranston was waiting in the car. He saw the mad stacks of money. Mad stacks of cash waiting in the car as this was going on. Everybody else was inside with the raid. And he sees one of his uh, former students jumping out the back window. What? And uh, there ensues um, the show. The hookups between uh, Jesse Pinkman and Walter White. Jesse Pinkman, who had been uh, in the sort of life of crime because he has no other choice. He's living the hard living life on, on the this. edge. What kind of streets would you say he's living on? Which rough streets. Is that anything like the mean streets? No, they're more rough than mean. Rough than mean, yeah. Alright, I'll give you that. Uh, this whole first season um, has to do with Walter and why he doesn't want other people to pay for it, which I never really got that. I guess just it would be against his moral code to have those rich people pay for it. Yeah, I think it was, and I think he was also like pretty pissed off that like they basically oh, yeah. comes out later. They basically like pushed him out of this multi-billion-dollar business that he was a part of. Would you call them shysters? Probably. I would definitely call. I would call them the ultimate shysters. He just, uh, you know, had too many uh, morals, and he didn't want anybody's help, and he wanted to sell. He's a man's man, basically. Sell the best meth ever and uh, call it a day. And he, uh, because he's a chemistry teacher in this company, and I guess it was chemistry related, his meth turns out to be the best meth, the best meth you can buy. Blue meth, 99.1% pure. That's a good statistic, if that ever comes up in a trivia game. Okay, so that's kind of setting it up for the second season. Walter continues to find himself facing insurmountable medical bills. Jesse's friend Badger is arrested while selling meth, and this introduces Saul Goodman, played by Bob Odenkirk. Better call Saul. Better call Saul. Who, uh, I think I told you this, is getting a spinoff, which is like a prequel to this, so we're totally going to watch that. I probably won't. Why not? He's like my favorite character. Okay, that's good for you. Bob Odenkirk. Mr. Show? Probably one of your favorite shows. I don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, Jesse Pinkman is supposed to be taking care of the distribution side of this drug cartel that he and Walter White are building. However, he's kind of uh, all talk and no follow through. For a, the lot most of, part. a lot of talk, not a whole lot of action. Yeah, which is why they need to get the. Is it Mexicans? Espanol. Es- Espanols, because probably be Mexicans. Just because they're on the border of Mexico. Yeah, no, it is Mexico. Oh, yeah, Gus Frank. No, he was uh, Colombian. No, he was not from Colombia. I'll just, why don't I read this? Okay, so we're back to season two, because we didn't really talk about that. Okay, so uh, now um, Walt has all these, you know, tons and tons and tons of medical bills, and he's getting, he doesn't know what to do, and he's trying to find out, you know, more ways to make more money faster because he thinks his his death is going to come soon and he's going to leave his son and his wife and his unborn baby with nothing. 
Yeah, his original plan to do math in the camper is making money, but not enough money. Not enough money. Not enough money. Kind of a pain in the ass they have to drive out to the friggin' middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, that was one of my favorites, I think, when it ran out of gas. Yeah, that was a really good one. So, uh, basically then what happens is they uh, partner up with a gentleman named Gus Fring, who owns a, a basically a chicken... Front. A front of a chicken restaurant, but and, and a laundromat, which is where they end up doing the um, cooking of the meth, which is in this you know hidden underground, underground super high tech laboratory. So, laboratory. Right, so, um, so he was going to pay him one point two million dollars for thirty eight pounds of meth, and uh, all of this happens, and he's making all kinds of money. But Hand over he, fist. He, he's trying to, uh, and then finally this call comes in and he has to deliver all this meth, otherwise there's no money to be made, and he, Walt ends up missing his daughter's birth. Which is the first in a long series of him disappointing his family. So this shows kind of a lot of, he's doing this all for the family, and at the same time screwing up the relationship with his family. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. So then he goes on to uh, kind of get bigger and bigger in the whole meth scene, and everybody kind of knows this blue meth now, and everybody wants it, and nobody cares about anything else but this blue meth. And he starts to title himself Heisenberg. With a black hat. With a black hat. And when you put, when he, that's one of my other favorite things, is when he puts that black hat on, you know. He means business. Business, even business. Better watch out. So then, uh, you know, life life continues on. His wife is getting uh, at this point very suspicious that he has something else going on in his life. Goes he thinking the affair route, obviously. Obviously. Off the bat. Obviously, as all men do, women do. Um, yeah. All men have affairs, and all women think they that men have affairs. There you go. <laughs> that was more of a question, but okay. Yes, off to your answer. <laughs> okay. You know, things are going on. Why are you going to number three on that? Making all this money. So then, uh, basically, what happens in season three is that. Um, Trois. We have to do this in bilingual. Trois, sorry. Is that what, what is two again? Two, at, actually, at the, at the end of season two, uh, Skylar, Skylar, who is Walt's wife, has pretty much had enough of this, and uh, they end up, she's like, you need to get out of here, I'm sick of your lies, and they end up yeah, you separating. Know what? I had a question for you about Skylar. Uh, like, if you go online, there's all a bunch of memes about what a bitch she is. Yeah. Do you think she is? I, I think... I kind of don't, like, I kind of don't really see it. I didn't really think she was a bitch. I just thought the more the seasons got on, the more freaking annoying she was. Like, by the, yeah, I think, like, people who like the show really don't like her. Yeah, like, I think like by the, the actress. By the, by the end, I was like, oh, get rid of her. Like, who cares what happens to her? But she's in a situation where I think she deserves a little bitchiness. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so the end of season two, Scholar's had enough, and she tells Walt to pretty much get out. And then when season three starts... He thinks that he can basically um, start getting uh, getting things off if he's truthful with her, and he tells her what's been going on. Oh, that's the season she finds out? Yeah. Because it's, you know what, it's kind of like Dexter, in that as the seasons go on, more and more people find out. Yeah. Almost exactly like that. So uh, he's, she, he tells her what's been going on, and she's appalled and uh, wants a formal divorce, and how could you bring this in with a new... You know, a baby and a son and all this stuff. She doesn't even want to hear the fact that he's been trying to do this so he can support his family, and she wants no part of it. And at this time, Gus offers to pay Walter $3 million for three months of his three service. Three jizzles. Three jizzies. 
to produce uh, basically as much, much meth as he possibly can in that three-month period. Which uh, was stupid, I think, on Walt's part, just because how did he think it was going to end at the end of that three months? Like, yeah, what like, are the possibilities? Okay, dead. well, see you later. You're been nice much. working with you. Do you have my 401k? Yeah. Like, Is well, that what? I think... <laughs> That's not what we have in Canada, I know. 401k. But I think, is when it like, you get fired? Is it like a Canada pension one? I don't know. I think that might have made sense. So that's basically what's going on in season three. Is he's producing all this, all this, uh, all this mess for uh, Gus and your good friend Gail. Oh, Gail is introduced. Yeah, Gail was my favorite character on the show and reminded me a lot of Lou on Rescue Me. Just in that, I loved them. And I already did give the biggest spoiler alert that I ever did at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Gail does die. Yeah, I didn't care for Gail. I love Gail. He's my favorite. He didn't do anything. And I was very sad when he died. Killed by... Jesse Pinkman. Which is surprising because it was his first sort of actual, factual, badass move, I would say. And he he wasn't too impressed with himself. No, yeah, he was kind of fell apart after that. His, his, uh, his, you know what, his slow descent into madness. How about that? Started with that, pulling that trigger. That is true. So, uh, as the seasons go on, Walter becomes more and more of a badass. He starts out as a, um, you know, pretty meek, uh, high school... Mild-mannered. Mild-mannered, meek, high school, uh, science teacher, and as things go on, he becomes more and more and more badass. He gets addicted to the, to the excitement, yeah, which I know, liked. He's the one who knocks and such. <laughs> um... Hello? Hello? Okay, so then, uh, we're at, uh... Quattro? We're at... Season? Sank. No, what about four? We're just two four. What about Mike? Wasn't Mike in season four? Mike, yeah, Mike is the kind of... Oh! Uh. <laughs> toe cramp. Toe cramp. I am the one who gets toe cramps. I don't Mike's in there and he kind of works with... Um, Fring? He works with Gus and he also kind of works with um, Saul. Better call Saul. Yeah. Better call Saul. So was a cop but had some shady dealings. Shady dealings. Now he's what, private eye, hitman. Probably, I think, in the entire show, the most badass. Right. You think? Um, that's a question. That's a question mark there. No, I'm asking you. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, he was a pretty badass. Who else would you put? Gail. <laughs> that's a good joke. No, I don't... I don't no, he was pretty good. Gus was a pretty big badass. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and uh, he was good because he didn't seem like it 90% of the time and then would suddenly explode and slit your throat. Yeah. So that's like extra badass. Extra badass, when you don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Just like you. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> Basically. So now we're at season five and uh, he's still got all this money and uh, they... they uh, Is this after Fring? Yeah, he's dead. Boom. Boom. Boom, he did. <laughs> Boom, he did, Boom, literally. He did. Oh, that was one of my favorite things, too, is when he came out of the... Remember, there was an explosion to kill Gus Fring, and then, like, he walks out of this door, and you think, oh, man, he didn't die in the explosion. And he's perfectly fine. He's and perfectly he fine. he turns his face, and basically half his face is gone. Yeah, that was crazy. And you could, like, see his skull. Yeah, so Ooh. he's pretty dead skull. He was at Fan Expo. Uh, oh, yeah? Or Toronto Comic Con. Totally dead skull at this point. Uh, so one thing we forgot to mention uh, is that 
through all the seasons, Hank, um, Walt's brother-in-law is trying to figure out, you know, who's on the street selling all this blue meth. And, you know, who's not, this Heisenberg Who's this Heisenberg not realizing the whole time it's his own brother-in-law. And he has a pretty good idea. It has something to do with Jesse Pinkman, but he has no idea that it also has something to do with his brother-in-law. Until a book. Until a book, which Gail um, signed and gave to Walt. Was found in his shitter. Was found in his bathroom, and the reason he he is familiar with Gail is because of Gail's murder, and he was doing the investigation there as well, because they figured that was somehow involved with some kind of drugs. Why was... One thing that could have changed this whole story from ending, the whole ending, is why was Hank taking a... uh, was he taking shit? Yeah. Why was he taking shit in the master bathroom? Yeah. Like you don't a, go over like to somebody's house. master ensuite bathroom. You don't go to somebody's house. <laughs> he probably has like a regular out, like main bathroom and just like, oh, well. Just, well, I'm going to go in the master might bathroom. Well, uh, might as well just class it up. And, Drop uh, a deuce. A little more private and uh, just go in here. That, that's strange. So, you know what? I don't buy this whole story now. Okay. Have a nice night. <laughs> So, uh, yes, then he figures out it's been Walt this whole time, and, um, you know... And uh, it doesn't explode immediately. No, not immediately. Which was an interesting way to do it. Because he can't... I don't really get why he couldn't just go to... Immediately go to the cops. I guess he didn't want to because his family or something. I think it... Well, I think part of it had to do with his family, and part of it had to do with the fact that he was probably a little embarrassed that this was under his... Basically, his nose the whole time, and he didn't... This this season, last season, obviously, most fresh in our minds. Yeah, so basically the last season, Hank finds out what's up, and uh, they're trying to... um, Trying to, you know, figure out what to do so they don't go to jail, or just don't go to jail... Um, Walt's Walt's cancer returns, so he basically knows the end is near for him. He ends up going into some kind of non-police-related, you know, protection thing where he goes up to North Dakota or something like that. Hiding in the mountains, turns into a mountain man. Yeah, literally a mountain man, like burly and hairy and all kinds of things. Not so much burly, because he's cancer. Sure. Uh, and at, at this point, Walt knows he's going to die and is trying to get shit in order. One of the shits he wants to get in order is to take out an entire gang of bikers. An entire gang of bikers. An gang and of some bikers. of them have swastikas tattooed on them. Yeah. So, let's just say they're Nazi bikers. Nazi to make bikers. it a little more That's the worst kind of bikers, Nazi bikers. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Because these bikers uh, stole millions of his dollars. Many, and, many millions. And they stole Jesse Pink. And they stole Jesse Pinkman. Because he has the recipe for the 99.1% pure... He can't make it quite 99.1, but pretty good. And he also, these Nazi bikers from hell, sure, uh, also killed Hank. Yeah, Hank, Hank, boom, he did. Hank and And Gomi. Gomi. Oh, Gomi. Sweet little Gomi. Did you care more for Gomi or Gail? Gomi, 100%. Why? What did Gomi ever do? I don't know. Not as annoying as Gil. Like, Gil was such a kiss-ass. No, he was just like a nerd. And a kiss-ass. Oh, here's a book for you, Walter. Oh, here's your fresh-made coffee, Walter. Yeah, that's nice. I know niceness frightens you. Um, what else you got? That's pretty much it. Okay, let me just have a look at the last season five. Make sure we covered everything. Um, and I did have... It felt like there was more than five seasons. 
Something, you know what's something strange about this too? Is when you get to the end and realize that the entire five seasons was only like a year and a little bit. Yeah. That's crazy. That like, crazy. It, it seems like it was over the course of a friggin' decade. But no, all that happened in a nice, tight little package. Tight little package. Tight like it's Wigga. A nice, tight little so, package. There you go. Yeah, there we go. I suppose there's one thing that we didn't say. And that is that uh, Walter White died. <laughs> he did smell. Uh, what did you think of that? Did you see it coming? Um, not really, but I'm glad he kind of just died and he wasn't like taken oh, to yeah. jail and he wasn't like, like, killed and, and long drawn out death. Went out guns a blazing, like we all hope to do, mm-hmm. basically, just like I will do. Go out guns a blazing because. It is nice. Yeah. You say it at, let's say it at the same time. Okay, we're going to say it at the same time. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Well, folks, before we fully wrap this up, uh, doing a little after hours work now that the missus is uh, no longer with me and what i've done is something that i kind of did last time she came by for an episode but this time a little more in depth and that is taken some of her audio and messed around with it to my um, amusement and hopefully yours as well so uh, i'm gonna play that right now and then uh, we're gonna have the show ending and you know that's it so nice to be nice to the nice still so, uh, <coughs> oh, here's a book for the Walter. <coughs> yes. Oh, here's your fresh coffee, Walter. <coughs> yes. Tell the package. <coughs> Tell it like a Oh, here's your fresh coffee, Walter. <coughs> yes. Oh, here's a book for you, Walter. Oh. Tell it like a Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper